This podcast is part of the Acast Creator Network. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com. Hello and welcome to The Stand with Eamon Dunphy. Now, since we were last on air and away on a short break, some extraordinary developments have taken place in the United States of America. Former President Donald Trump is at the heart of all of this. Uh, and we're joined now from Washington by Niall Stanich, Associate Editor of The Hill, a very respected uh, newspaper mostly for being well-written, but also for being not as partisan as much of the American media has become. As associate editor and White House columnist for The Hill, and he's hopefully going to bring us up to date. Niall, thank you very much for joining us. As always, it's a pleasure. Good to be here. Uh, the developments since uh, over the last uh, two weeks, particularly over the last uh, few, few days since the FBI raided uh, Mar-a-Lago, which is Donald Trump's home in Florida, have been quite extraordinary, and he is fighting on that particular front. He's also, of course, uh, in New York fighting uh, charges, uh, which I think amount to fraud, about uh, his his the Trump companies over the years. Uh, that's going on simultaneously. And, of course, he is endorsing people in the primary races to see who will represent the various, the two parties uh, in the midterm elections in November, which are, of course, terribly important. And Merrick Garland, the Attorney General, is a man at the very heart of this, uh, Niall. Perhaps if we start by, he's made a, a critical decision. If we look at him and uh, his reputation and also uh, the history which is that he was, when there was a vacancy on the Supreme Court, uh, there was a 10-month window when President Obama had decided to nominate Merrick Garland as a Supreme Court justice, but the Republicans stalled and prevented that from happening, which when you consider the speed with which they got their people through Trump's three nominees is ironic to say the least. He is now the U.S. Attorney General, and he's at the heart of this, isn't he? Yeah, he is very much so. He signed off on the decision to um, to raid Mar-a-Lago or to search Mar-a-Lago, um, which was obviously a very significant decision. In doing that, he would need to make sure, to say the very least, that all his I's were dotted and T's were crossed. Um, Merrick Garland, in general, is a fairly cautious character, 
though an Obama um, nominee to the Supreme Court, um, which, as you say, was blocked by Mitch McConnell and the Republicans, and though obviously appointed as Attorney General by President Biden, he would be, I would say, a fairly moderate in temperament, sort of a, a small-c conservative, temperamentally speaking, and in fact had attracted quite a lot of criticism from liberals for not acting in a more uh, vigorous or immediate way against Trump pertaining to January the 6th in particular. Um, the big development, I would say, within the past um, 24 to 48 hours is the Department of Justice's decision to try to block the release or the unsealing of the affidavit that they filed with the court. This was the document that persuaded a magistrate that there was probable cause to search Trump's estate at Mar-a-Lago, probable cause, in other words, to believe that a crime had been committed. Um, and so the Department of Justice is seeking to block that on the basis that its release would hinder an ongoing investigation and perhaps dissuade either current witnesses from ultimately testifying or new witnesses from coming forward. Yes, and the affidavit is the culmination of, of something I don't think we knew, which is that for several months now, documents that Donald Trump took with him away from the White House are, are, have been sought by the uh, courts, uh, by prosecution and the FBI. There have been negotiations. He has handed some stuff over, and uh, yet he has withheld stuff. Is mm. that right? Um, that he has taken stuff that the presidents are not supposed to take away from the White House because they belong to the government uh, and state. Uh, he has taken them away. He is refusing to give all of them back and has been dragging the process out. Is that right? That is, that is broadly speaking right. And there has been um, some public knowledge of that before now, but not the scale of the problem. It had been known uh, as early as, certainly early this year, that there, the National Archives, the official body that takes possession of these things, was seeking stuff that Trump had taken with him. One of the key revelations of the past few days was that a, a lawyer for the former president had said in June in a written statement that all the information that had been sought by the National Archives had been handed over. Yes. That appears plainly untrue in the sense that the we know from um, documents filed by the uh, investigators that they took at least 11 sets of documents away in this raid that happened just last week, Monday the 8th. And they obviously are not saying, you know, item by item exactly what they took, but it includes documents that they say had one of the highest levels of classification, uh, not just top secret, but an additional um, classification, which is called top secret uh, seg um, segmented or compartmented sensitive information, which is uh, very, very top secret stuff, which Trump certainly should not have had in any kind of uh, insecure environment, which he appears to have done at Mar-a-Lago. Now, last week, Merrick Garland took an unusual step of holding a press conference to state that he had personally 
ordered this raid or this attempt to get the, these documents back, that he believed it was a very serious matter. Mm. And that in itself for an attorney general is very unusual. And by uh, his own cautious standards, uh, Merrick Garland in particular, uh, wouldn't be overcome by uh, emotions mm. or, or anger or anything like that. The question I want to ask is, we get the impression that something, a very serious crime has been, what is the crime that Trump would be accused of committing or stands at risk of being accused of committing uh, for taking these documents and really refusing to hand them over or even admit that he had them? Mm. So there are three specific statutes that we know he's under investigation for potentially violating. One of those, the most um, orthodox, I don't want to say minor, because none of them are minor, really, but the the least grave one is simply having official documents that he uh, shouldn't really have. There are two additional charges that I think are important because they do not, in fact, hinge upon whether the documents were classified. One charge is that... Uh, Were documents being withheld or destroyed or tampered with to frustrate an official investigation? That is, in effect, an obstruction of justice charge, which is very serious. The other point, which is even more uh, intriguing, is that he is under investigation under something known as the Espionage Act, of all things. And this is the suggestion that if you are uh, careless or negligent with information that can be used to the injury of the United States or to the assistance of foreign nations, um, that is also a crime. That's a crime that dates back a very, very long time. I think it's initially a a First World War era uh, statute, but that was the big surprise that that offences under that statute were included whenever we got to see the uh, limited documentation that we have now about the raid itself. Now, no other president has ever been in this position. People talk Mm. about Watergate and Nixon. Mm. Uh, From what I understand, and I'd like you to put me right on this, these alleged offences are much more serious than the offences Richard Nixon was deemed to have uh, committed uh, during Watergate? Well, in, in, that's correct, I would say, in terms of the personal stuff, because Nixon himself, I mean, he, the, the question in Nixon's case was complicity in a burglary. Yes. Uh, for for your, our, our younger listeners maybe aren't fully aware of that, that whole scandal. It was basically a burglary into the Democratic headquarters in a hotel in Washington called the Watergate, which it transpired allies of Richard Nixon, who was then the president, had committed. And the the very, very widespread, and I would say well-founded assumption, was that Nixon was complicit in it. Um, This instance is different in a couple of ways. One is that Nixon's personal property, even after he left the White House, was never raided by law enforcement. And the second point is that these offences or offences which Donald Trump personally may have committed. He is under investigation 
personally for breaking these three laws. The severity of the matter, I think, can be debated overall, but it's the hand of the law personally touching Trump that is particularly important in this case. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and get a unique WordPress website or store right away. From there, you can customize your design, colors, and content. And Bluehost automatically helps you get found in search engines like Google and Bing. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins, Bluehost makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. Finding your perfect home was hard, but thanks to Burrow, furnishing it has never been easier. Burrow's easy-to-assemble modular sofas and sectionals are made from premium, durable materials, including stain and scratch-resistant fabrics. So they're not just comfortable and stylish, they're built to last. Plus, every single Burrow order ships free right to your door. Right now, get 15% off your first order at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's 15% off at burrow.com slash ACAST. Now, Niall, there's also developments about Trump in the January and his behavior in the January 6th uh, committee, which uh, is continuing its work and has um, now been able to take evidence from people who were closely associated with Trump around the time of January the 6th uh, when uh, there was an insurrection, which I think everybody agrees now, uh, that caused death, for the deaths of five people, Congress to be assaulted, the Vice President Mike Pence to have to flee a mob uh, for his life, a mob that was chanting, hang Mike Pence. And in that whole scene on that day, and for some time before that day, Trump had been urging Pence not to certify the votes of the Electoral College and to send the votes back to the states, which would in effect have stopped the transfer of power from Trump to uh, Joe Biden uh, and the transition to a new presidency. This is extraordinary stuff. And it amounts at some level, or does it, to an attempted coup. The more we learn about it. Mm. It does, in my view. I mean, in my view, it was clearly an attempt to overturn the will of the people as democratically expressed. It was an attempt to cling to power, having been voted out of power. 
And I think that in uh, layman's terms, that clearly rises to the level of a coup. Now, that word is controversial here because, uh, you know, people argue back and forth about whether it was a coup or a riot or an insurrection, etc. You and I spoke, I think, just before our break about the strikingly large number of Republican voters who tell pollsters that they think it was either justified or not an insurrection or a sort of legitimate protest, all of that. But it was a remarkable event. It is under, uh, there is a grand jury sitting, hearing evidence about it. We don't know whether criminal charges will emerge from that. But then again, even the things that we have spoken about are only uh, one or two branches of the legal tree in which Mr. Trump and his allies are entangled. Um, In Georgia, for example, there is a criminal probe going on into their attempts to overturn the election result in that state. This is the state where uh, the the then president called the Secretary of State and told him to find the required number of votes to overturn uh, Joe Biden's victory in that state. Worth pointing out, Eamon, just uh, fresh news. Rudy Giuliani was told yesterday that he is a target of investigators in that Georgia probe. In other words, that there is a reasonable probability that uh, Giuliani might face criminal charges in relation to that matter. It's an extraordinary scenario. It would have been impossible to write a novel, for example, suggesting a scenario like this on the grounds that it wasn't credible. But the before we move on to the remarkable effect it's having on the Republican Party, there are many people who have thought after various Trump outrages, this is the end of him. And among Mitch McConnell, who is the or who was the majority leader in in the Senate and who uh, will be again, perhaps he's, he 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 detests Trump, mm. and many of the more conventional Republican uh, Republic representatives feel uh, and have felt this time he's gone. Mm. Now again. The big headline in the Sunday Times um, in a piece filed from Washington at the weekend, can tr- Trump come back from this? This, of course, being what happened uh, with the FBI in Florida. Uh, the question is about the response of mainstream Republicans, and they appear to be sticking by their man. Mm. Yes, yes, they do. And, you know, it's interesting even the language, you know, mainstream Republicans, the mainstream of the Republican Party is now a Trumpian MAGA stream. And what used to be mainstream Republicans, the Mitch McConnell type of figures, have been sidelined and marginalized by the the Trumpian battalions, really. Now, that has had the effect that, of course, we see real uh, incendiary characters like Marjorie Taylor Greene and Matt Gates in Congress. Um, Marjorie Taylor Greene, a congresswoman from Georgia, was arguing to defund the FBI after yes. this most recent raid. But it also has an impact, and I think this is what you're getting at in your question, where people like uh, Kevin McCarthy, for example, the yes. Republican leader in the House of Representatives, 
has been threatening Merrick Garland, who we mentioned earlier, with hearings and inquiries uh, should Republicans take the House majority in November, which is uh, widely expected. Uh, McCarthy tweeting rather belligerently that Garland should clear his calendar uh, if that happens. Kevin McCarthy, you know, five, six years ago in in, in the now distant pre-Trump days, would have been a very mainstream Republican in the traditional meaning of that term, yes. but has now, uh, I would say, uh, allied himself very closely with the former president, who sometimes refers to him as my Kevin. And yes. that is indicative of the shift within the Republican Party that uh, is so striking in the last few years. Now, one of the people who has been at the centre of the January 6th uh, committee is Liz Cheney, daughter of uh, Dick Cheney, former Republican uh, vice president uh, and a hard right figure, as indeed his daughter Liz Cheney is, uh, to well to the right of the Republican Party. She, though, believes that Donald Trump should never be allowed to be president of the United States again, and she has taken a leading role in the January 6th committee, Trump, in reprisal, has has campaigned that Liz Cheney, who's uh, up for re-election in the midterms this coming November, she uh, tonight is facing a primary to see if she can represent the Republican Party in November. She, I think by all accounts, uh, is a person of integrity and courage and I understand from a conversation we had last night, Niall, that she's expected to be trounced because of Trump's influence. She is, absolutely. Her challenger is a previously fairly obscure woman by the name of Harriet Hageman, who has been endorsed by Trump as a means to get back at Cheney. And in the polls that we have seen so far, Hageman is leading by about 20 points. Uh, Certainly the widespread expectation here is that Liz Cheney will lose. Just for your listeners, we are talking on Tuesday morning in Washington, so it's yes. Tuesday evening as the uh, the primary results will, will come in. The only uh, sliver of hope for Liz Cheney is that uh, Democratic voters and independents would engage in very wide-scale tactical voting yes. to cross, in other words, cross the aisle. You can change your party registration up to the day of the primary. And Cheney's only hope, really, is that Democrats register as Republicans for the day to try to save her. Um, barring that happening, it's almost impossible to see her winning when the polling deficit is that great. And just to uh, underscore this point, Eamon, and we were talking about this um, yesterday, 10 Republican members of the House of Representatives voted to impeach Donald Trump for January the 6th. Of those 10, two have survived. Four have announced their retirement. Three have been beaten. And two have won their primaries, although they were open primaries, which I won't get into the complexities of it, but it gives them a better chance. And Cheney's fate is still hanging out there. So when you think of those 10 Republicans to have uh, two uh, only surviving really does emphasize uh, the former president's 
dominance of the party and the extent to which the party has just become um, complicit with his wishes. Yes, and one of the charges leveled at the FBI uh, in recent days, they've been accused of being uh, the Gestapo. Mm. Uh, and there is that kind of talk about oh, yes. uh, Merrick Garland is being uh, threatened with impeachment. I mean, this man is, one would say, unimpeachable in his... Right. No, in, in his conduct, yeah, in, in his, manner, in his yeah. conduct throughout his his time, and he was a very senior uh, judge in the Court of Appeals in the District of Columbia. Twenty three years he sat on that court, and the last seven of those twenty three years he was the chief judge, impeccable in every single way. Uh, and it's worth pointing out, I think four of the present justices on the Supreme Court came from the U.S. Court of Appeals. It's a, it's a well-trodden path mm. to the Supreme Court. A man, uh, as you say, uh, 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 of impeccable. Now, these people are being turned into v villains. Oh, sure. Uh, and they are I I endangered, really, uh, not just in the way Liz Cheney uh, is endangered, having her political career really terminated. I mean, in... Cincinnati last week, an FBI um, office was mm -hmm. attacked. Mm -hmm. uh, I understand. Uh, maybe you, you can give us the details of it. But the FBI is the Gestapo. Merrick Garland is, you know, a, a villain. Liz Cheney must be banished. And the Republican Party represents half of America. Mm -hmm. Yes. I mean, it is a scary situation. And you're quite right, there was indeed an attack on an FBI facility in Cincinnati last week. A man tried to breach security there, uh, had had some form of weapon with him, was later, after a six-hour standoff, shot dead by, by police or by law enforcement, uh, having been pursued through sort of country roads and all the rest of it. But from what we can tell from that, man. He appears to have been uh, a fervent Trump supporter. He appears to at least have been in the vicinity of Washington on January the 6th. He had, well, social media posts in his name, had previously called for the for attacks on FBI agents, had suggested that the raid in Mar-a-Lago was some sort of crossing of a Rubicon against which citizens would have to rise up. Um uh, Broadening it out from that particular incident, Eamon, I mean, barriers have gone up here in Washington around the FBI headquarters. There has been a new joint bulletin from the FBI and the Department of Homeland Security warning about bomb threats. Um, so that gives you some kind of flavor of the uh, ominous moment that we find ourselves in. Now, the midterm elections in November will decide who controls the, ha the House of Representatives, which I think by common agreement uh, is almost certain, or certain to be a Republican House, which Kevin McCarthy will then be the Speaker of. Um, and given the behavior of Nancy Pelosi in Taiwan, maybe a very high bar has not been set there, but that's another conversation. <laughs> uh, I'm sorry for dropping that in. Um, but the, the, the point, I, I suppose, is if the Senate uh, goes as well, and that's a bit more complex, Joe Biden, who's just had a major legislative victory mm. uh, in terms of 
global warming. Um, he'll be a lame duck president for two years. And then if this narrative we're looking at is to continue, Donald Trump will run for the Republican nomination, win it, uh, and become president in 2024. Well, you you have always ironically been quite a believer in his ability of becoming president in 2024. I don't rule it out at all, but in the terms of the general population, he is still quite unpopular. What I agree with you entirely on is if he runs for the Republican nomination, he will be the clear favourite to win that unless he's literally, you know, in the dock by that yes. stage and, and even then it's it's uh, it's questionable um so yes i mean if even if republicans take the house of representatives in november and not the senate and the senate as you say is more complicated i mean they would have considerable power just by a majority in the house of representatives to both frustrate any further legislative proposals by biden and to launch the kind of investigations that Kevin McCarthy has threatened against Merrick Garland more generally. So I would expect them to investigate lots of members of the Biden administration. I would expect there to be an investigation, and, and perhaps this one is more justifiable in, in ways, into the president's son, Hunter Biden, and yes. some of his business dealings. So my point really is that a Republican House majority would hamstring Biden, and I think that's that's your point also. And so it would make it very difficult for Biden to achieve anything very much in the final two years of his first term. Would it be the end of the January 6th uh, committee and their hearings? It would, this is, yeah, yes. This they, is critical. Well, they, it is this critical. is critical because mm -hmm. they can play for time, can't mm -hmm. they? And they? They can. The likes of Bannon and people like that. Right. Now, that's right. The House committee hopes to finish its work before then, because it knows that if the Republicans take control, that'll be that. But the broader question regarding sort of general inquiries into either January the 6th or the Trump era is that if control flips, subpoena power would then reside with the Republicans, yes. which they clearly are not going to deploy against allies of uh, Mr. Trump's. Just a final question, Niall, really, about where America is at the moment. For the historical record, it's terribly important that what happened on January the 6th and the events around it, that that is documented and certified and part of the American story, is it mm. not? I mean, if something that amounted to in which, you know, people died, uh, for, for which many people are in prison, uh, some of these uh, rioters. Um, uh, it's very important for America, is it not, that what happened that day and what the president endeavored to do is documented, goes into the history books, and is a reminder of how fragile democracy can be in that particular country right now. Certainly, I think it's important, and I have always myself thought that that, <clears throat> excuse me, is the strongest uh, rationale or justification for the work of the select committee. I have never really believed that these hearings that we have seen will have a massive impact on public opinion. They might affect it a little bit around the edges, but largely public opinion is set on Trump's uh, culpability or, or lack of it, if you believe he lacks it, as far as January the 6th is concerned. 
But where it is important is the simple imperative to find out as much as we can about those events. One of the darkest days in recent American history, or certainly dating back in, in recent decades. And I think it is very important that the absolutely uh, maximum amount of information about that day becomes known. Um, and so I, I agree entirely with that. I'm not at all one of those who thinks that it should be sort of dismissed or that it's time to move on. I think it is very important that it gets fully investigated. Okay, Niall, as always, uh, we're very grateful to you for joining us on the stand. That's Niall Stanage, Niall, Associate Editor of The Hill Newspaper and White House Columnist for that paper and a rising TV star in the United <laughs> States, I should say. Uh, and it's great news uh, indeed um, that uh, his career is only climbing. Uh, so... Whatever Donald Trump, let's hope he keeps the country together now so your career can continue to flourish. Uh, you don't want to be coming back here, even though I know you love an Ulster fry. <laughs> Thank you very much for joining us. That's a great Niall Stanage. Uh, we're uh, very grateful to Niall, of course, as always. To all of you for listening, that's all we have time for now. We'll talk to you soon. Dory Shafrier. And I'm Kate Spencer. And we are the hosts of Forever 35. And today we're talking about Club Med, the best all-inclusive getaway for families. Today, Club Med has nearly 70 resorts worldwide, from beachside resorts in the Caribbean and Mexico, to magical locations in the Maldives and Morocco, to ski resorts in the mountains from Canada to the Alps. Between their all-inclusive family programming, wellness offerings, land and water sports, and their French heritage-inspired food and drink offerings, Club Med is the best way to elevate your family getaway, no matter which location you're at. To learn more, visit clubmed.us. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads.